Praise Him, and welcome to the Believe Right, Live Right podcast. I'm Eugene Hill, Senior Pastor of Kingdom Recovery Ministry, located in Phoenix City, Alabama, where we believe if you can change what you believe, you can change your life. Christianity is not about right doing, it's about right believing. Transformation takes place when you believe. What Jesus did on the cross is powerful. When you believe, it can and it will change your life. We call it the good life, the grace life, excelling in every area of life. Father God has a life-changing word just for you today. Are you ready? Let's get right to it. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. What a great day, Father, to be gathered together in your name. We don't take it lightly or for granted, Father. In fact, we count it a privilege and an honor just to come before your throne, Lord God, just to ask for help, Lord God, just to break the bread of life, oh God, among the men and women of God. Lord, we thank you for that. And we give you praise, honor, and glory. And Lord, we just ask that you have your way in this Bible study on tonight. You think through our minds. You speak through our vocal cords. Lord, we stand poised, ready to receive. Lord, we declare and decree that our hearts are ready to receive the ever-living seed of the Word of God. Have your way in this place on tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, KRM, say amen. 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 Well, we're continuing our study on the grace life. And tonight, God has given us this idea, if you will, this topic. Grace life is the ideal life. Grace life, the ideal life. Pastor gave us a very good definition of that word ideal, I-D-E-A-L, on Sunday. He said ideal means a a model of something perfect, a model of something perfect. So the grace life is a model of something perfect, if you will. Ideal means a principle that sets a high standard a principle that sets a high standard. So this grace life, what God is trying to show us is that he has a high standard for our lives. Amen. He has a high standard because he wants us to live this ideal life, this perfect life. I like to think of ideal as meaning high, meaning the top, meaning the best. Amen. Lofty, high. So ideal life is this high uh, standard of life that God would have us to live. It's the epitome. Pastor said he liked that word. Epitome, the best, the top. That's the kind of life that God wants us to live as men and women of God. So grace life is the ideal life. It's that life God intended for us. Amen. It's that life that God wants us to have. It's a life of peace, a life of rest. It is a life of depending on Jesus. That's how it can get so high and so lofty, how it can reach perfection because we are depending on Jesus. Do we have challenges? Yes. Will we uh, sometimes face hardships? Yes. 
but it is not the same. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? It's not the same as when you are not dependent on Jesus. In other words, when we face the challenges, when we face hardships in our lives, amen, because we are depending on Jesus, we know he's going to work it out for our good, amen. He's going to make things easy. And the burden is not on us. Y'all hear what God is saying? The burden is on him. Yes. Hallelujah. And in fact, it's like our devotional this morning. If you read the, the daily devotional that KRM sent out, Jesus was talking about a one encounter with his love is all that we need. He said in that scripture in Matthew chapter 11, he said, come to me. Amen. Come to me. Get away with me. In other words, spend time with me and you'll recover your life. You'll live this ideal life that he's talking about. When we come to him, he said, I'll show you how to take a real rest. And then he said, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. He said, learn. You'll, when you do this, you will learn the unforced rhythms of grace unforced that means uh, it's easy you know the easy rhythm of grace in our lives rhythms of grace rhythms of peace rhythms of love and joy and happiness amen that's what he said i won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you i'm just quoting from the the devotional this morning from matthew chapter 11 from the message bible amen he said i won't lay anything heavy on you that's the ideal life you won't walk around burdened down amen you won't walk around like the weight of the world is on your shoulders this ideal life in, in the grace life that he would have and that he does have for us, it is a life of, of ease, really. It is a life where we get to live freely and we get to live uh, lightly. In other words, we won't be burdened down. Y'all know what I'm saying? Burdened down, can't hardly make it. This is a life of freedom, a life of liberty, a life where we get to live uh, uh, freely in a light life. Amen. So when we are depending on Jesus, he, he carries the burden. He says, come to me, bring your burdens to me. Amen. When we were, uh, God was giving me, uh, this topic to talk about this grace, life, the ideal life. He said that, um, the sad thing about it is that there are a lot of people that believe in God or a God for that matter. He said, but the sad reality, they believe in God, but the sad reality is that they don't believe in Jesus or they have a wrong belief about Jesus, wrong thinking, wrong attitude about Jesus. See, they believe in God, but they either don't believe in Jesus or they have a wrong attitude, a wrong mindset about Jesus. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because it's evident in their life. Amen. In other words, you can, you can, I believe you can see, I'm not saying we the judge and we know everything, but I believe that when a person is truly living their lives for Jesus, there will be some evidence. Somebody say evidence. We'll be able to see it. You'll be able to see it as you live your life for Jesus. People can see that on you. Amen. Amen. Pastor said, gave that illustration on Sunday where the, uh, 
for the people in the in the uh, y, at the YMCA, you know, they were asking us what church we went to. We didn't tell them nothing about we went to church, amen. But obviously they saw something, amen. So God wants us to realize that he has sent his son Jesus so that we can live this grace life. We can live this ideal life that he has for us. Amen. And when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, amen, with, with Jesus comes change. Somebody say change. Pastor and I have been talking about change for a minute transformation for a minute amen and we'll probably be talking about it until jesus comes amen because with jesus comes change the bible lets us know in john chapter one that grace and truth came by jesus christ it said the law was given by moses but grace and truth came by jesus christ and when when we say with jesus came change when Jesus came on the scene bringing grace and truth, that was a change from the status quo. Right, right. The status quo at that time was the law that Moses had given. Amen. So with Jesus came change. With Jesus came grace and truth. Amen. Change. Change from what? Change. When we're talking about change here uh, in this day and time, we're talking about a change from the status quo. <laughs> I'll say it to you like that. What status quo? The world's way. Amen. The world's way of thinking. Amen. Pastor put it so eloquently on Sunday. He said, Christians, people who have given their lives to Jesus, they have a new attitude. Amen. A new attitude. They have a certain way of thinking. A certain way of feeling, a certain way of acting, of looking, and even a certain way of living. Amen. People who have given their lives to Jesus, we have a new attitude. We have a, a new way of thinking, new way of feeling. Amen. A new way of looking and acting and living. You see, we have been living the world's way. We had been living the world's way, but when Jesus came into our lives, amen, he has come to show us God's way of living. Amen. God's way of living. And so what we have to do, we have to accept it. Romans 12 tells us we have to accept God's uh, good and acceptable and perfect will for our lives. Amen. We have to accept it. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying Jesus comes on the scene. He comes to bring change in your life. Amen. He comes to show us God's way of living. So I came tonight to encourage you. Don't kick against the prick. Amen. All right. Don't kick against it. Right. We're going to look in the Bible here in just a few moments here where, uh, Jesus was telling a man, why, why are you kicking against the prick? In other words, I'm trying to show you a certain way of living, but you keep going against it. That's what kicking against the prick means. Amen. In other words, don't fight against God. Because I don't know about you. I, I, if I'm fighting against God, I already know that's a losing battle. Don't fight against God. Accept it. 
submit yourselves. Amen. I've been reading in Job chapter 42 for several days here. And um, what the Lord, one of the things that God is saying, or that really Job is saying to God, Job said, I know you can do anything, God, and that there is no thought that you will withhold, that we can withhold from you. Okay? He can do anything, so, but he even knows our thoughts. Job goes on because if you read the whole um, book and the whole story of Job, you'll find some things happened in Job's life. Then Job's friends came along telling him this, that, and the other, and whatever, whatever. But at the end of the chapter, which is down here in verse 42, Job said, um, he said, who is he, this is God asking Job, who is he that hides counsel without knowledge? This is God asking Job a question. Job said, therefore I uttered that I understood not. This is Job 42, verse 3. In other words, Job said, Lord, basically, forgive me. I done said some stuff I didn't even know what I was talking about. In other words, have you ever been so right in your own mind? You know what I'm saying? Have you ever just knew you were right? You were, in your own mind, you had to be right. It had to be the way you were thinking, only to find out later down the road you were utterly and completely wrong. That's what Job is talking about. Job said, I, I said some stuff, Lord, I understood not. I said some things that were too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Other words, stuff's hold so high above my little thinking, I didn't even know what I was talking about. But praise God, Job was a man of God enough to submit himself to the wisdom and to the counsel of God. And that's what God is calling for us to do tonight. Will you submit yourself to the will, to the counsel of Almighty God instead of fighting against him? Going against what he wants to do in your life. Don't fight against him. Don't kick against the prick. prick, Because that's a losing battle. We're going to look here in the Bible at a man named Saul. Somebody say Saul. Saul was a man who was living his life and he thought he was living right. He thought he was doing what God wanted him to do. He was so right in his own mind, only to find out later down the road he was completely wrong. And I submit to you tonight that there are some Saul's in, um, in the church, in um, people who are, I believe they are believers, but there are some things that they think they're right about as it comes to God only to find out down the road that we have been completely wrong. All right. We're going to look at this example of Saul in the book of Acts chapter nine. Turn with me, if you will, in your Bible to Acts chapter nine. This man's name is Saul at this point. Saul, S-A-U-L. And in Acts chapter 9, 
we're going to look at Saul's conversion, the conversion of Saul. In other words, he believed in God. Somebody say Saul believed in God. Saul believed in God. But he had a wrong, uh, he didn't believe in Jesus. He had a wrong attitude, a wrong uh, idea, a wrong belief about Jesus the Christ. Amen. <clears throat> We're going to look at Acts chapter 9 verses 1 through 16. This, now, in the, in the Bible, there's a Saul in the Old Testament as well. He was a uh, king of, of uh, Israel. That Saul thought he was doing, God, doing right by God, too. <laughs> but we're not looking at the one in the Old Testament. We're looking at the Saul in the New Testament. This Saul in the New Testament, after he discovers, let's say it like that, that he really has been going down the wrong way, his belief in God, he had to do an about face. Amen. God allowed some things to happen in his life to get his attention, to let him see. No, Saul, you're believing wrong. All right. This Saul thought he was doing God a favor by persecuting and killing people who didn't believe the way he believed. This Saul had to change his way of thinking and he had to change his way of living. And that's what God is calling for, for us tonight to do. Change your way of thinking. <clears throat> Whatever area there is wrong belief, God is calling for a change there. Change your way of thinking. Change your way of living. Amen. Acts chapter 9. We're going to start out with verses 1 and 2. Ready? Read. And Saul, yet breathing out, threatening and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. Amen. Verse number two, when it's talking about if he found any of this way, the Amplified exp explains it more clearly to us. It says he found any men or women belonging to the way of life as determined by faith in Jesus Christ. If you have an Amplified Bible, you would see how that explains that. But what's going on here? Saul, who was going around basically persecuting and killing the people who believed in Jesus. As a matter of fact, if you read in your Bible, it talks about Saul was even on the scene when uh, Stephen was stoned. They stoned Stephen to death. And this Saul was on the scene then. Amen. Mm -hmm. He thought he was doing God a favor by killing and by persecuting the people who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he desired, it said, he went to the high priest, asked him to basically give him letters of authority, if you will, to go to the synagogues, and if he found people who believed in Jesus, he were to put them in chains or to capture them, to put to bind them, amen. And so he needed, he went to the high priest to get that authority to do that. So he thought he was doing God a favor by finding out, searching out these men and women who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, and basically 
Um, like pastor said that they told uh, the disciples, don't, don't, don't speak anymore in that name. <laughs> don't believe anymore in that name of Jesus Christ. And so Saul didn't just tell people. He was, he was persecuting them, threatening them. You know what I'm saying? And, and murdering them eventually. Let's go on and read verse number three. <clears throat> Ready? Read. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. Keep on to verses 4 through 6. And he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. So he went to the high priest, got the, that authority, and so he's on his way, you know, to Jerusalem. But on his way, <laughs> this is good because a lot of times, like I said, we think we living right, doing everything right. God has to stop us in our tracks. Mm. Amen. <clears throat> Paul, Saul was on his way to, uh, he came near Damascus and said there was a sudden light that shined round about him. And he fell, he was on a horse, fell off his horse, off his beast, whatever he was riding. And he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? In my Bible, those, those words are in red. So we know it's the Lord Jesus Christ talking to Saul. Amen. And Saul said, who art thou, Lord? You know, and the Lord said, I am Jesus. <clears throat> he lets him know, I'm the one you've been persecuting. I am Jesus whom you persecute. It's hard for you to kick against the prick. In other words, as the Amplified Bible said, it's dangerous. And it'll turn out bad for you to keep get, kicking against the goal to offer vain and perilous resistance to what God wants to do in your life. It's dangerous and it's going to turn out bad for you to keep going against what God wants to do in your life. This is not me talking. This is what your Bible says. Amen. Amen. So trembling, it says, <clears throat> uh, and astonished, Paul, Saul said, Lord, what will you have me to do? And the Lord said, Arise, go into the city, and it will be told thee what thou should do. In other words, at least Saul recognized <clears throat> that obviously this was a force, a power higher than him. Even for him to say, Lord. Amen. In other words, God allowed this to happen in Saul's life to stop him in his tracks. See, we can just get gone so far. God has to stop us in our tracks. Amen? Amen. He has to stop us in order to get our attention. He's trying to get our attention because he wants us to live the good life, the grace life, the ideal life. Let's keep on going here. Let's read verses uh, 7 through 9. Ready, read. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. 
but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. So essentially, when, when he arose, got up off the ground, he couldn't see. He was blind. Amen. And it says that the, the men that were with him, they had to lead him by the hand. They brought him to Damascus. So for basically three days, he was blind and was fasting because it says without, he neither ate, did not eat nor drink. Let's go on. <clears throat> Verses 10 through 12 because we're pushed for time here. Keep going. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Amen. In other words, <clears throat> so God stopped Saul, allowed Saul to be stopped in his tracks, blinded him to get his attention. Amen. And so when he was there blind, the Bible says here that he saw in a vision a man named Ananias coming to him and laying hands on him. And so um, this disciple named Ananias, in, all, in other words, I'm sorry, Ananias um, had a vision. Amen. And the Lord said to him, I am here. And the Lord said to Ananias, go to this place, uh, to a house, and acquire for one named Saul. Because he's seen you in a vision, coming to him and laying his hands on him. And Ananias, verse 13, if you'll go ahead and read that, verse 13, Ananias basically says that I've heard a lot of stuff about this man. You know how he has brought a lot of evil to the men and women of God, to the saints at Jerusalem. And he has authority from the chief priest to, to capture them that call on your name, Lord. But the Lord said, go, because I've chosen him as a chosen vessel for me. Go ahead and read verses 13 through 15. Let me read. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard of many of this man, how much evil he has done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. In other words, God said, I have chosen him. And Ananias had heard about Saul and all that he was doing to Christians. But God used Ananias. He said, I need you to go and lay hands on him. Basically, so he can receive his sight. Because mm -hmm. more or less, I, he's a chosen vessel. I'm going to use him to bear my name, to be a witness, it says, before the Gentiles, before kings and the children of Israel. Amen. In other words, this man, Saul, thought he was doing God a favor by killing and persecuting and, and capturing the men and women who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. But God had to stop him, if you will. Stop him dead in his tracks to let him know you're going the wrong way. You are believing the wrong way. Right. Amen. And God had to basically tell him, you got to go in the opposite direction. Amen. Amen. 
And God allowed this to happen to him to get his attention. What's it going to take for God to get your attention? Mm. I don't know about you, but I really don't want to fall off my horse. You know, I, I've had a, 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 an encounter. I didn't fall off a horse, but I, 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 I had an encounter with the Lord. Amen. Well, he had to stop me in my track to get my attention. I don't know what he's going to have to do to get your attention. I'm just saying when he does, please listen, please pay attention because God wants to use you just like he did this man, Saul. Amen. Let's read verses 16 through 19. Ready? Read. For I will show him. Verse 16 says God, Jesus still talking. For I will show him great things he must suffer at my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hand on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in thy way as thou camest, hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales. And he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. Then he went and then when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were in Damascus. Amen. It said, so Ananias went and did what the Lord told him to do, lay hands on Saul so Saul could receive his sight. And the Bible says here, verse 17, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. It said immediately there fell from his eyes um, as it had been scales. In other words, this man was blind in the natural, but as well as in the spirit. Mm. Amen. Mm-hmm. See, many times we are blind in the spirit to the things of God. God has to remove those scales from our eyes so that we can, can see what he's trying to show us. Amen. It said the, the, the scales fell from his eyes. He received his sight. He arose and was baptized. In other words, There was such a change in Saul's life. Saul realized he had been believing wrong. He had been going wrong. He had been living wrong. He more or less said, I just need a new, I just need to start all over again. He got baptized. I did the same thing. Y'all, I went and got baptized all over again because I realized this was a fresh and a new start in my life back in 1996, December the 11th. 1996. I remember it to this day. And when you have an encounter with God, you will remember it as well. I'm sure Saul never forgot this encounter with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. See, when when God more or less allows us to fall from our high horse uh, to get our attention, then what he's saying is it's time to make a decision. See, you have to make a decision. Do I go with God or do I continue things my way? See, you got to make a decision. You are at at a crossroad. You got to decide if I'm going to go left or if I'm going to go right. Amen? But you got to go one way or the other. One way is going with God. The other way is going on doing your own thing. That's what God meant about don't kick against the prick. Because if you continue to do things your way, you thinking you right, you know what you're doing, then that's kicking against, that's going against what God would have you to do. 
God wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He's trying to get you to live this grace life, this ideal life, this life of perfection, this high standard that he set for your life. As long as you, we do things our own way, that's, that's low living. That's a low standard of living. And that's not what God has for his people. He wants us to be the head, not the tail. He wants us to be above, not beneath. He wants us living good, not can't hardly make it. Debt free, not owing nobody nothing but to love them. We, we with our uh, thinking, our ideas, if you will, come up with this low living stuff. And we think, we think we got it going on. We think we know what we're doing. God is trying to get us to see what he really wanted for us from the foundation of the world. He has said in Isaiah, we don't have time to go to that scripture, Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, he talks about his thoughts, not our thoughts, his ways, not our, our ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, he says, so high are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. Amen. But he has formed us. He knew us before we was even in our mother's womb. That's in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. <clears throat> if we can go there for a minute. Because what I'm saying to you is that God, he knows everything about you. He knows the life he's planned for you. And it's a life of good, a life of peace to bring you to that expected end. To bring you to that place where he would have you to be. Jeremiah 1.5. Let's read that together. Ready? Read. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, said the uh -uh. Lord. Jeremiah 1.5. I'm sorry. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse number 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. God said... Before you was even in your mama's belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you. Before, In other words, you no accident. You are not an afterthought. Mm -hmm. God knew you would be on the scene before you came on the scene. And as uh, Marquette was reading in Jeremiah 29, 11, he already knew the thoughts and the plans that he had for you. Amen. God is God. He knows what he's doing. Like he told Job, you know, Job had to realize I, I've thought some stuff. I've talked and said something. I ain't know what I was talking about. And we have to come to that place as well. Submit ourselves and realize that God has thoughts of good, thoughts of peace, an expected end. He has a destination he's trying to get us to. Not something we came up with, but his ideal life for mm -hmm. us. His high standard of living for us. His life of perfection for us. Amen. The best, the highest mm -hmm. life that he has for us. And I don't know about you. I 
No longer I want to eke out an existence, barely making it, robbing Peter to pay Paul. But I want the good life, the grace life. I want that life of high standards, high principles. I want the life that we can excel in life. Amen. Owing no man nothing. Being happy and joyful and at peace. A life full of energy and healthy and whole mm -hmm. and complete. This grace life is a life of trusting Jesus, yes. depending on Jesus. And in that trusting Jesus, in that depending on Jesus, that's the ideal life. Yeah. Isn't that, like I said back in the devotional, Jesus said, come to me, come away with me, and you'll recover your life. You'll, you, in other words, you'll discover this ideal life that our Father has already planned, already predestined for us to live. It's called the grace life. The ideal life, the best life. Amen. And that's what we came to encourage you here on tonight at Kingdom Recovery Ministries. The grace life is the ideal life. And that's what God would have for us in this day and time. Amen. My time is well spent. Let's give God praise for the word. Hallelujah. 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 It's a good life, y'all. <clears throat> But it is going to uh, take that time, spending that time with the Lord. Hopefully you won't have to be knocked off your high horse like Saul was. This Saul later became Paul in the New Testament where he wrote more than a third of, of the New Testament. Amen. So if he did it for, for, for Saul, he can do it for you. Amen. Saul was able to see, man, I've been going down the wrong track. Let me turn around. And go the way God would have me to go. Amen. And that's a life of believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to give you that opportunity right now to just make a declaration. Let the Lord Jesus know that you too uh, want to believe, are a believer. Amen. So we're going to ask that you repeat after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me and dying for me. On the cross, your precious blood washes me clean. You are my Lord, my Savior, now and forever. I believe you rose from the dead. You are alive today. Thank you for giving me eternal life, filling my heart with your peace and your joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you on next time. Until then, remember, if you believe right, you will live right. <laughs>